It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to your Wednesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. It's National Signing Day. Should be a relatively quiet day for BYU with not as many signings as the early signing period, but we will have you ready or recap, depending on when you listen to this, what to expect from today's festivities. We'll also hear from an expert on the chances BYU basketball is still NCAA tournament bound from Ken Pomeroy. So a lot to get to ahead on today's show, and let's waste no more time and get right to to it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 2nd, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making us your first listener of your day right here on Locked On Cougars. Our goal with this podcast is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room, and we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. So a huge thank you once again for your support of the podcast. It is National Signing Day, a crazy day usually if you're a BYU slash college football fan, but with the early signing period coming into effect the last few years, it's taking a lot of the steam out of what typically a day like today was. Because think about it, back in the day, the first Wednesday in the month of February was just absolutely insane. Upwards of 20 different guys, you can have as many as 25 guys signing with your college football program that you're interested in and it's just it it was a crazy crazy day but the early signing period that seems to have taken over as kind of the primary window when guys sign that does not mean that there will not be action on today uh, for BYU as I have previously mentioned it looks like I would guess if I were prognosticating what to expect from BYU today I'd expect a grand total of probably five at the very most six signings and what I mean by that signings meaning guys who sign national letters of intent today to join the BYU football program. One of those uh, we talked about yesterday with Dom Henry, the wide receiver at a Nice High School down there in Florida. He will be joining the program. Two more commitments yesterday. We're going to talk about both these guys. I think both of them are pretty exciting in terms of what I think they can do if they live up to their potential. One being Corbin Green. We've talked about him previously out of Owasso, uh, not Arkansas, Oklahoma, Owasso, Oklahoma. And then also Nathan Nathaniel or Nathan Gillis of Spring Valley, California, still Canyon High School down there in the Southern California. California ranks. And I think the thing BYU is doing is they're being very strategic about how they go about these final signings. The other uh, guys that I am looking at and seeing potential that they might sign with BYU include an offensive lineman, Lee Salatai. He'd be a junior college addition from Snow College. Had originally signed with BYU way back in 2016. Uh, went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ and then came back, uh, went this junior college route playing at Snow and Ephraim for a couple of years. And I think he'd be a welcome addition that BYU be more than happy to add to their ranks. And then the only other athlete I'm looking at, or athletes I'm looking at, would be uh, another defensive back. I have thought all along
among two to three defensive backs, and in talking with people, that's kind of been the projection for BYU, is to bring in two to three defensive backs uh, and two offensive players, the two offensive players being Dom Henry, and if he so chooses, that would be Lee Salatai. One of the defensive backs who is still not announced where he is going is Evan Johnson, another guy from Stevenson School in Pebble Beach, California. Think about that, going to school where maybe the greatest public golf course in the entire world is situated. Pretty cool, but Evan Johnson might be the third defensive back. Zion Allen, also another California product. Manteca High School uh, could also be in that mix. And if if both of them decide that they want to go to BYU... Maybe BYU makes it as many six guys that they will sign, four of them being defensive backs. I think we can all look at BYU's defensive backfield and understand, okay, the young talent that has really been coming up the last couple of years, well, they're starting to turn into upperclassmen, and they're going to be leaving the program in the relatively near future, so you got to go about restocking that talent base, and I think looking at these defensive backs, they have what I think a lot of the previous guys who have come through BYU in the Kalani Sitake era at defensive back have. Size, length, and speed. BYU is always going to bet on the fact that they can take a guy who's got more of the measurables, and this comes from what Ed Lamb's philosophy kind of is. Take a guy who is long, fast, he's more of an athlete, uh, can really run, and they believe they can develop them into athletes who can play in the defensive backfield. They're always going to point to Chris Wilcox. They're going to look at other guys currently in the program that are defensive back for BYU and say, we can do that if you give us the right tools and you're willing to work at it. So we'll see. The nice part is, is the guys that they are recruiting for defensive back in this recruiting class by and large, they actually played defensive back previously. So they already have some experience doing backpedal drills, breaking up passes, making tackles, all of that jazz that goes into being a defensive back. I'm very intrigued by them. What I like about the addition of one of a guy like Corbin Green, though, is I've, and I've talked about this, I think I've talked about it on the Monday podcast this week, is the fact that BYU, they're going to join the Big 12. That's going to open up some recruiting windows in the Midwest and all the way into Florida with UCF and even the upper Midwest with Cincinnati, West Virginia, etc., well, what has BYU done? They've gone to Florida and gotten a guy in Dom Henry who announced he is committed to BYU earlier this week. And now they've gone to Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa, to Owasso, uh, to Oklahoma. And they've brought in Corbin Green. Corbin Green had interest from Baylor. And Baylor, obviously, was playing at a very high level. But interest fell off when Joey McGuire, who apparently had been recruiting him, uh, went and took the job at Texas Tech. Well, B, uh, maybe Baylor's loss is BYU's gain. Corbin Green seems like an intriguing three-star prospect for me. Same thing with Nathaniel Gillis. Uh, both of them are guys who are long. I believe they list Corbin Green at six foot, 180 pounds. Uh, Gillis, six foot one, 170. Pounds. This just screams the prototypical guys that BYU wants at defensive back for them. So I am intrigued by the guys they are bringing in, speaking of BYU, and the hope is that they have found those so-called diamonds in the rough. I saw some people complaining on social media yesterday saying, well, none of these guys have Power 5 offers. They're not being recruited by other Power 5 programs. What's BYU doing? Are they just spinning their wheels? You know what? Your complaints, I understand why you're making them, but at the same time, let me explain one thing. You look at BYU's track record under Kalani Sitake. What has he done? He has been bringing in the vast majority of his recruiting classes are two and three-star talents. That's 
literally, you can go back through his recruiting classes, all six of them, and the vast majority of the recruits they brought in are two- and three-star talents. Now, compare the on-field production of those so-called two- and three-star talents and tell me those aren't four- and five-star type production guys on the field. BYU, in my opinion, and I've heard this from other people, Kalani Sitake at BYU has been among the best in the entire country at developing talent and making, yeah, a four- or five-star type production player out of a two- and three-star talent out of the high school level. I'll say it once, I'll say it again, recruiting is still very much an inexact science. Is it getting better all the time? Absolutely. They're refining their practices. It's not as wild as it was in the early days, but it is still very much an inexact science. Who would have thought a a guy who was rated 74 by 24-7 sports would end up being the single season rushing leader in BYU football history? Yeah, that's Tyler Algiers recruiting ranking. He was a two-star prospect, folks. This is something, and it was also a walk-on. It's a preferred walk-on coming to the BYU football program. I am going to bet on the side, just knowing the track record of Kalani Sitake and his coaching staff right now, of them understanding that they can develop this talent and, in theory, get better production out of these te- out of the out of their teams. The hope is also that at the same time as they continue to progress and get ready for the Big Twelve, maybe in the twenty twenty three recruiting class, twenty twenty four and beyond, you start to see more and more of BYU betting on opportunities to bring in potential four or maybe a five star talent every so often. Now that BYU is going to be officially a Power 5 program, a lot of the so-called down talk on them, a lot of the anti-BYU messaging from Power 5 programs, well, they're not actually Power 5. Come play in Power 5 football here. That's all gone, folks. The recruiting message for BYU is very clear right now. We are going to be in the big time. We have won back-to-back. We've had back-to-back double-digit win seasons the last two years. And son, we're playing big-time football, and we want you to be part of the future here at BYU. Come in and be a part of that. It's a pretty compelling pitch. The nice part is BYU has capitalized on independence. They have made themselves nationally relevant. They've been nationally ranked the last two seasons. There is a whole lot of good going on with BYU football right now. And BYU, their coaching staff, they need to capitalize on this. So, uh, yeah, I would like to see them in the future recruiting classes. Yeah, start taking more and more of a few gambles on four, maybe a five-star talent every so often, and bet on the fact that your production and your notoriety nationally is going to help get some eyeballs on you and hopefully bring in higher-level talent. Because there's a corresponding effect that if you have more and four- and five-star talent, while you're having a better roster overall, it develops the depth. But I'm also never going to say that BYU is going to get away and be exclusively recruiting four star talent. That's just not how BYU operates. They still have the honor code in effect. There's still a very stringent academic standard that you have to meet as a student athlete to play at BYU. That's still going to bring some two and three star talents through BYU, but those guys have a chip on their shoulder and if they have a work ethic, BYU has proven that they are more than capable of developing those guys and making them making them into stars on the field. So I'm bullish. I am very bullish on BYU's recruiting right now. And I just think that there's just a few tweaks here and there they need to make. But the overall production right now for BYU recruiting-wise, I I don't have any complaints about it. Your method to your madness may may disagree with me. But I, I for one, I think this is actually a kind of a, a good spot for BYU to be in. So we'll see. I think signing day, I, I would like to see it become still a, a, a holiday as it kind of seemed to be back in the day. I do know that they are trying to change how the early signing window is operating. Uh, just one more note on this. If they want to operate with this early signing window, that early signing window should actually come in training camp before the season. Make it in August. It could be something like midway through fall camp where a lot of the uh, storylines have played out. We're just kind of waiting 
depending on the season at that point. We'll spice it up a little bit, have that early signing window then, let those guys sign before they really start their high school seasons in some cases. They can pick their program. They've probably been committed for some time. Let them sign, and then let the preceding four or five months until actual National Signing Day in February build up that emotion, build up that uh, pressure, build up that whole uh, anticipation of everything going on. That's just my personal opinion on the matter, but... A lot of scattered thoughts, but hopefully you guys stuck with me, and I really think some good things are happening for BYU with National Signing Day here today. All right, coming up here in just a moment, apparently uh, my thoughts that BYU is on a trajectory that could really see them be on the outside of the NCAA tournament appear to be unfounded, because the guy who knows a whole lot more about it than I do thinks that BYU is still in a relatively good spot. We'll let you hear from Ken Pomeroy and what he had to say about BYU's NCAA tournament aspirations after their losses to Pacific and Santa Clara. We'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. If have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, as football is getting ready for the Super Bowl, right up to the big game here this coming actually no, next week. It's not this week. It's next week. BetOnline.net remains the number one spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football, my friends. Bet Online has up-to-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates updates of current games. Man, I am struggling with this read today, so apologies, folks. But do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season from our friends at betonline.net. Check them out now. They've got specials all the time. Get over to their website and check it out now. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys always checking out the show. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have been a little bit of a belly acre when it comes to BYU basketball. I've just been frustrated with that loss to Pacific. I've been in a bad mood, frankly, about BYU basketball since that loss. I, I just felt like BYU looked listless for a long period of that game, just looked like they were just kind of going through the motions. And really, until they realized, holy smokes, we're down double digits three minutes to go here. We might as well see if we can win this game. And they made furious rally and it came up a little bit short so I I look at that and I'm just wondering okay where is the heart where is the motivation this is a senior laden team they have a first team all WCC guy and Alex Marcello leading the charge why in the world do they look like the way they did when it came to that Pacific loss and I thought that Pacific loss was absolutely devastating for BYU and I've been thinking okay man they might have pushed themselves all the way onto the bubble and according to Andy Katz who's one of the foremost guys who thinks about the NCAA tournament annually and on a daily basis and puts out his projections he's got BYU BYU on the bubble currently, but a guy who is also very much in the know when it comes to NCAA tournament projections, a guy who lives here locally in the state of Utah, a guy I'm proud to call a friend, a a colleague in the sports media game, that is the one, the only Ken Pomeroy. If you guys go to KenPom.com, it is the best advanced analytics site when it comes to college basketball. It's a one-man shop, really, that Ken has built from the ground up. He's done a phenomenal job. It is quoted left and right now in college basketball circles. It is used by the West Coast 
conference is used of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. They use his metrics to make all kinds of decisions. So this is a guy who is very adept at projecting what is going to happen for programs. And typically in the Ken Palm ratings, if you are ranked inside the top 40, you typically are going to be an NCAA tournament team, whether you win your conference basketball tournament title or you make it as an at-large bid. Well, where does BYU currently stand in the Ken Palm ratings? Well, they're still inside the top 40, even with that loss to Pacific. And he was on with DJ and PK, the show that I produced daily for the Zone Sports Network yesterday. And the question was asked right off the top in the interview, okay, after that loss to Pacific, Ken, where do you project BYU in the NCAA tournament? Are they a safe bet to make the field? Here you go. Here's what Ken Palm's response was. I think they're still pretty, they're in pretty good shape. You know, you break down the schedule the rest of the way. And they have seven games on the schedule. They could conceivably, I guess it was still that Portland game that got canceled earlier in the year. They're still technically listed as postponed. They could end up playing. I'm not sure they're going to play that. But but with the seven games left on the schedule, you know, there's two, like, improbable wins, we'll say. You know, obviously they have Gonzaga at home this Saturday, and uh, they have at St. Mary's in a couple weeks. You know, if you just assume those are two losses, you know, the other five games are, are all winnable. If they won all five of those games, they'd be easily in. Even so, you know, San Francisco, they're playing this Thursday. You know, another kind of fellow tournament team, theoretically. Um, you know, assuming they take care of business there and then assuming they take care of business a week from Thursday at Loyola Marymount. The other three games on the schedule are, you know, virtual automatic wins. Obviously, after losing to Pacific, you're a little scared to say that. But uh, assuming they, you know, just win one of those two kind of tough games that they're going to be favored in San Francisco and Loyola Marymount, I still think they're in great shape. The non-conference resume looks very good, and they've actually been done a bunch of favors by just about virtually every team they played in non-conference, probably besides the Utes. You know, like Oregon is coming on strong. San Diego State is playing well right now. Utah State has come to life. Um, you know, even Weber State is obviously playing well in the big sky, and that's not going to, you know, wow anybody from a resume standpoint, but it's, you know, a sneaky, decent win at this point. So, Things are coming together, and I, I still think they're. I would not panic. You know, to take care of business down the stretch, they're going to be pretty safely in in terms of a, you know, seven, eight, nine seed. I'd say based on the non-conference resume, I, I think they're going to be fine. So there you go. Ken Palm thinks they're safely in the field thanks to their non-conference scheduling. So maybe it was a good thing that BYU beefed up that non-conference schedule and actually had a really good success rate against those teams. Like I said. I trust Ken Pomeroy more than I trust myself. I am a college basketball fan. I'm a little more, uh, I guess, w- w- I don't know how to describe it. College football, I feel like I have a better sense for who the real contenders are nationally. It's a sport that I watch religiously. And college basketball, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little myopic on it. I watch the West Coast Conference because BYU is participating in that conference. But national college basketball, I just I cannot get into it. The NBA is more of my cup of tea when it comes to hoops. So I I don't pretend to be an expert when it comes to the national conversation around college hoops and who's in, who's out. But when a guy like Ken Palm, who literally does this daily, this is his day job. This is what he does. He projects these numbers every single day. His website updates every night with all the games that are played that day. They run all the numbers and they put out a new batch of rankings literally every day. Well, he thinks BYU is just fine. So shut up, Jake. I'm I'm speaking to myself. And stop whining about it. Now, obviously, things could change if BYU goes out and loses some games. You heard him talk about that that he thinks that the the games that BYU is projected to lose 
against Gonzaga this Saturday, as well as the uh, road game at St. Mary's. He says outside of that, they take care of business. They should be safely in the field. So what does Jake know? He's an expert, right? No, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm actually a little more relieved to hear a guy like Ken Palm thinking, you know what? Don't worry about BYU. They should be in the field. So I got some good news on that front for BYU and looking forward to the matchup against USF tomorrow night. I think it'll be an interesting one. See if BYU can get back on their feet. And right now, if you guys would like to go to that game against USF, I'm going to make it real simple for you guys. I've got a pair of tickets. We have bought them. We've had them all season long for the Locked On Cougars listeners out there. And if you guys would like to go to that game against USF, all you got to do to enter to win right now is be the first person to respond with your name, email, and phone number to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, and you will be the winner of a pair of tickets to watch BYU and USF play tomorrow night. Simple as that. So enter now. Love to reward our listeners for being loyal listeners to the podcast and to make sure that you guys actually listen to the show because I don't ever do any of this on social media. I, I avoided it at all costs. Let's just put it that way. So if you'd like to go to the USF game tomorrow night, uh, make sure you email us. Name, email, and phone number to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And best of luck to you. May the quickest person with the trigger finger get those tickets. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will round out today's show with some other notes on BYU sports going on out there. And, of course, everything else you guys need to know about as a Cougar fan here at Midweek. First, though, today's show is brought in part by one of our great local sponsors in Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap. Simply put, Intercap Lending, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans two weeks faster than the industry, and then, than the industry average. And right now, you probably heard about the inflation rates and the uh, mortgage rates going up to counter that. Well, there's still a chance for you guys to take advantage of literally very historic low rates, but you got to get on it quickly. That's why you guys need to get with intercap lending and they feature that quick and simple process they say and but they've Although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to make a stress-free home loan process for you, the customer. I have been through the home loan process twice in my life, and if I could avoid going through it again, I would, but I would trust that my friends over there at Intercap Lending will take care of you guys. They have a personal loan officer that's dedicated to all of our Locked On listeners. That's Steve Carter with Intercap Lending, and he'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. Uh, Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, relatively been with us for a few months now, but it's not a new company. They've got 44 years of experience behind them, and Steve Carter's been providing Locked On listeners with that great experience since 2018. So they've got years of experience behind them, folks. They've got hundreds of Locked On listeners who can back them up. Even David Locke, the podfather himself podfather himself the founder of the locked on podcast network he's been through the process with intercap lending they are headquartered here in utah but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states so give them a call steve has a direct line to be happy to reach out to him at 385-800-8528 that is 385-800-8528 you will not find a more responsive loan officer you also can go online to learn more by going to intercaplending.com once again steve carter's direct line with any questions concerns comments whatever you got 385 385- 800-8528. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. 
All right, Cougar Nation, before we go here on Locked On Cougars on this Wednesday edition of the show, just a little bit of a heads up for you guys. I'm headed out on vacation. Actually, by the time most of you will be listening to this podcast, I will likely be flying to destinations unknown. Okay, if you really need to know, I'm going on vacation with my family. Going to be taking a week and spending some time with my wife and kids, which has been much needed, been in the works for well over a year at this point. It's crazy we are here and traveling, but I'm not leaving you guys high and dry. I've recorded an entire week's worth of podcasts. You guys will be covered from top to bottom from now. Now until when I return next week at midweek, a lot of good interviews. We're going to have interviews with Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider talking to recruiting, Matt Brown from Extra Points and D1 Ticker, Mike Littlewood from BYU Baseball previewing the season ahead for the uh, Batcats. It has been a lot of fun getting ready for this, but I'm not leaving as high and dry. A lot of good conversations, and you guys will be able to enjoy those every single day while I am technically on vacation. You'll still have me from the future. The Magic Radio, the Magic of Podcasting. Let me tell you, pre-recording and on-demand audio. It's a wonderful feature, and it's part of the 21st century. But nonetheless, kind of a heads up for you guys on that. But before we go out the door here on this Wednesday edition of the show, one thing I wanted to talk about, and this comes from, it's called Brandon's Breakdown, and Brandon Jenkins covers college hoops uh, for 24-7 sports, wrote an article, and he had the top 10 fits for the programs the some of these elite players have signed with the programs. Number six on that list is Colin Chandler, the recent signee with the BYU basketball program. He says why he fits. The second highest pledge in program history in the database era, BYU is well accustomed to prize recruits completing two-year missions before competition. However, it might not take all four years of eligibility for Colin Chandler to have a bright career in Provo. He is already a consistent offensive threat with great bursts and high upside. He will be comfortable in his surroundings and may catch Big 12 followers by surprise from day one. I got to say, I am super excited to see Colin Chandler finally suiting up for BYU. I have been tracking him all season long, playing for Farmington High School, and despite his high school team kind of being a middling program, uh, they seem to win one, lose one each week. I'll tell you what, Colin Chandler, it's not for a lack of him going off on a nightly basis. This dude is scoring 25, 30 points just regularly, and he is lights out. I am so excited to see him in a BYU uniform, and I can see why a guy uh, like Brandon Jenkins. I hope I guys last time. Yeah, Brendan Jenkins. That's why he thinks he fits. I absolutely agree. Colin Chandler, should he come back ready to go right away? There's no reason to think that he can't make an impact right away in the BYU basketball program. And the nice part is he is not going to know any part of the West Coast Conference. He will be all a member of the Big 12 during his playing days for BYU and very much looking forward to it. Cool to see Colin Chandler get a little bit of a shout out there from 24-7 Sports. All right, there you go. You guys are up to speed on everything you need to know about here at Midweek. Stay tuned all week long. Great interviews. I have done a lot of work in the lead up to going on vacation here. Make sure you guys were not left without an episode every single day. So stick with us. A lot of fun to be had over the next few days. And I am excited for you guys to hear these conversations. I've had a ton of fun recording them, bringing in some good friends, having great times, and hopefully you guys will enjoy them as well. So that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen today. I want to encourage you guys now to get over and check out Locked On Big 12. It is, of course, your daily conversation on all things Big 12 related. I am part of their weekly roundtable discussion. Uh, it should be posted today, I believe. Uh, Josh Neighbors is the host of the podcast regularly every single day. Make sure you download it. It's free and, avail- free and available wherever you get your podcast. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Cougars. Uh, Make that Locked On Big 12 your second listen today, by the way. And have a great day. Uh, 
Thank you for your support of the podcast as always. And of course, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with another great edition of the podcast. Until then, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 2nd, 2022. And we will talk to you guys manana. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.